How we doing? Man, I can tell 11 o'clock's fired up. Huh? Well, I got a 45-minute message, and pastor preached for 15, so. Oh, come on. Take a joke. Right? I got a clock on the back. I'll watch that. It'll be good, right? Um, man, I'm just so honored to, uh, to be here, and, and I don't take this lightly at all. Um, this church uh, has some amazing preachers, amazing communicators that you get to hear week to week. Amen? And uh, so, you know, I was so excited. I'm having a blast, but it was also like, God, I don't want to mess this up, right? Like people come to hear something good from you, you know what I mean? Something from your word. And so we believe God's going to do that today, right? But, uh, um, you know, and all this stuff doesn't happen by accident, right? I mean, we're talking, I don't know how many people have been saved already this weekend, but probably eight to ten at least gave their life to Jesus. And that doesn't happen by accident. It happens by the Holy Spirit. And it happens by really good leadership. So Pastor Jesse and Lauren have dedicated their life to, to, uh, to serve in the church and to build the church where everybody's welcome and where God can do what he wants to do. So let's give them a hand. Amen. Amen, amen. So if we haven't met, my name is Rob Sock. Uh, my beautiful wife is over here, Miss Mindy. 25 years, wave right there. Okay, right there. Woo! Pray for her if you got nothing else to pray about. Um, and uh, Aaliyah, 12 years old right there. And a uh, beautiful little redhead. Uh, God has gifted her amazingly, both of them. Um, and then we've got two older ones. So 23, Michaela, 21, Joshua. So 23, 21, 12. Yeah, right? We're crazy. And, and Aaliyah was not an accident. It was planned, right? So that makes us even extra crazy, I think. But, uh, but man, we are loving life. God has been so faithful to us. Um, and, uh, you know, and here at Eternity, what do I do? Oh, and you might be wondering, why are we still standing? Here in a minute, I'll read the scripture, and then you can sit down, okay? We just do that just to honor God's word. But what do I do around here? So uh, campuses. So they brought me on to say, hey, man, we want to plant campuses. Pastor and I have have known each other for several years, and, and at one point, several years ago, he goes, you know you're going to work for me someday. And I'm like, man, I don't know, right, you know, I don't know. And uh, about a year ago, year and a half ago, God just began just to do this thing and began to tell me that you're going you're gonna to do this. And what we're doing is we're planting campuses around the state of Iowa. Come on, come on, somebody get excited. Because we believe this, we believe that, well, God's directing us to do this, that's why we're doing it, but God loves people. And what we have here in Clive and, 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 and what we provide for the Des Moines market here is an opportunity for people to come experience God in some ways maybe they never had before or in a place where they feel free to do that, right, and loved. Well, we want to do that in other communities around the state, right? So five campuses in five years, that's what we're going to do. Amen? Amen. So the other thing we do is, is we do community outreach. We, we do food distribution. Every single week, I'm telling you, every week we give away 200 bags of groceries. This church, you guys, right? Your church gives away 200 bags of groceries every single week. 200 bags of groceries and 75 gallons of milk, right? So we're, I think we're going to get a cow, a milk cow. Uh, milk prices are really high. I'm thinking we just put them out here in the grass, make a little pasture. But no, seriously, we give away a ton of food. And that happens on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 2 to 4. Uh, we go out with the church bus in, in three different locations, and we hand food out. We just give it to them, just bless them, right? Just love on people. It's absolutely amazing. Every Monday evening, we get together here at 5.30 in the, in the lobby right out there, and we pack all the bags. So like three pallets of, of groceries are delivered every week. A team comes together and, and puts all them in a bag and puts them in the bus, and we're ready to roll, right? 
So this is your official invitation to help us help us do that. Amen. Right? So Monday evenings at 530, you're probably getting off work thinking maybe I want to go home. It's Monday. No, swing by the church. Right? Grab some food, put it in a bag, and you're going to feel better about yourself. Right? God will use you. Plus, you get to hang out with some really awesome people. Right? It's, it's so cool. It's so cool. So that's what we do around here. I mean, and God's up to some crazy, exciting things. Um, but let me jump in here. Let me, let me talk to you about hunger because, you know, we, we feed people because they're hungry. They have a, have a physical need to be fed, right? But spiritually, there's a thing called hunger too, right? And that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. And so in Luke 18, 35 through 34, it says this. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you, and immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much, God, for this, uh, this time together today. God, and I sense your presence in here. God, and I just sense a, a hunger, God, rising up inside of us that we want to see more. We want to see something different. God, we want to see a change in our lives and in our community and our country and our state. God, we want to see a change, God, in our situation. And just like this blind man is sitting by the side of the road and he sees you or hears you, rather, come by, something happened in him. There was some spiritual hunger that rose up inside of him enough to do something about it. And, and in the end, we, we know that his life was changed because of his hunger to call out to you. And God, as we unfold this a little bit this morning, God, I pray that you would give me the words to speak, God, and prepare our hearts to hear what you want to say. Amen. Amen. If you agree that, high five somebody and take a seat. Even if you don't agree, you can take a seat. So today's, today's message, stay hungry. Stay hungry. Uh, speaking of hunger... You know, we talked about food bank, and that's a real thing. It's a real need. It, it's amazing how many people, um, you know, really have a need in that area, right, with food. And, and that's something that it's really cool that we can do and, as a church. But I've got a picture here of one of, our, one of our events or one of our distributions here several weeks ago. It's okay to laugh, yeah. So, so let me set the stage for you. The black bus that sits out front that says, love you heaps on it, right? That's the bus that we take out. Every week we load that bus up with 200 bags of groceries we go to Sam's Club, we get all our milk, and we go to location. So several weeks ago on a Monday, we go out to our location, we park our bus, we unload some bags and get the milk ready, and we got a team that meets us there, and we'd love to have you be a part of that as well, jump on the website and sign up. But uh, so Miss Teresa right there in the sweatshirt, she's there, and she's handing out bags of food and just loving on people and praying for them. And, and I look over, okay, so I'm setting the stage, right? We're handing out bags of food to people that are driving by our bus, Right? I look over, Teresa walks away from a car that she just gave food, and I look at the back of her sweatshirt. And I just lost it. I'm like, she's about like over there, like where the wall is. I'm like, what? What? That's not cool. Like, where'd you, can you imagine? You come through the food line, and you, somebody gives you a bag of food and has a sign in the back of their shirt, stay hungry. Right? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I go to Lauren. I said, Lauren you got to see this shirt. What is going on, right? And so, yeah, obviously, we got a picture. We had fun with it. Well, it's a, it's a wrestling shirt. 
right? It's, it's one of her grandsons is a wrestler and a really good wrestler. But, but in the wrestling world, in the wrestling community, right? I mean, that's, that's common. Stay hungry, right? You're hungry. What are you hungry for? You're hungry for a victory, right? You might be a little hungry because you're cutting weight too. Any, any wrestlers in here, right? We got a few, got a few, right? Here we go. There they are. Hey, boys. Fantastic. If we get in a fight, I want these guys on my team because wrestlers know how to get it done, right? I mean, come on. Everybody's like, whatever. No, wrestle. You jump in the mat for three minutes. See what happens, right? But anyway, wrestlers, I mean, that's just something they do. They stay hungry. They, they go after it. It's a, it's a tough sport, right? Um, so I, I got another picture up here. Anybody know who this guy is? That's Gable, isn't it? Anybody that knows anything about wrestling, or if you're even from Iowa, you better know who this guy is, right? Dan Gable, one of the greatest wrestlers of all times. And... Uh, He's, a, he's an American folk style and freestyle wrestler and coach, or was, considered to be one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Two-time NCAA Division I national champion, world gold medalist, and Olympic gold medalist. Coached at Iowa for a long time as well. Here's one of the, here's one of the quotes that he had. It's one of my favorites. And the guy knows how to win, right? He knows how to train people to win. He said, gold medals aren't really made of gold. They're made of sweat, determination, and a hard-to-find alloy called guts. You get it? You get it? You got to press in. You got to be hungry. And I remember I was, I was a wrestler in high school, and I was a freshman. And I don't know how I made varsity as a freshman. Maybe no one else could make weight. I don't know. But I wasn't great. I was good. And we got down to, to, to a match, and towards the end of the season, and, and this former state wrestling champ, was in my weight bracket. So here it comes, right? And it's one of those where it's just us and them, and, and so everybody wrestles and everybody's spotlighted. It's, a, you know, it's in the gym, and the one light's on the mat, right? And here we go, and, and on our team, everybody's like, man, Sock, just, just see how long you can last, right? Just, really, I mean, that's just, that's just reality, right? It's rugged, right? This guy's a, a state champion in Iowa. Iowa has the best wrestling anywhere in the country, right? And so you win state in Iowa, you're, you're the real deal. And so I go out there, and as we're coming out, this guy... Literally is hitting himself. I mean, slapping himself harder than I would want to be slapped by somebody. Slapping himself. And I'm like, oh, dear God. This is, this is real. Like, this is going to happen. You, this guy's hungry. He's hungry to, to beat me. And so I'm like, whatever. What, whatever. Let's do this, you know. Let's get it on. And so we get out there, and we both shot at the same time. And we smacked faces. And both of our noses are bleeding everywhere. And it gave me a little time to like, okay, great, I'm still alive, right? And, and coach went over and put Kleenexes up our noses. I swear he touched my brain. He put Kleenex up so far. And we go back out, and we're wrestling. And I'll tell you, believe it or not, I got back points on him. I got back points on a state champ before he pinned me. I, I legitimately got back points. I reached up over. I shouldn't have done that. It was a bad move. But anyway, it worked. I got him in a headlock, got back points, and that really made him mad. And, uh, and he pinned me within seconds after that, I felt like. Um, but the dude was hungry. He was hungry. He was hungry, and he was a champion at that. And, and today I want to talk about this, this spiritual hunger a little bit. Let's set the stage in the scripture I read where, where the blind man Bartimaeus is sitting by the road, right? And it says Jesus is walking by. Jesus is heading to Jerusalem for the Passover. Do you guys remember what happens at the Passover? Jesus is going there to get crucified. 
So Jesus is literally on his way to be crucified for you and me. That's where it happened. That's the time frame. That's what's going on. This is kind of the end of his earthly ministry, right? And so, I mean, like, it says the crowd was around him. Of course there was a crowd around him because Jesus did crazy stuff, right? I mean, people wanted to be a part of that, and it was a happening ministry and all this stuff, and all these people are around him, and, and Jesus is cruising along. And, you know, even the people that were leading kind of that little entourage were like, no, 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 don't worry about it. Like, don't, don't worry about that guy, right? Because when he cried out, what'd they tell him? Be quiet. Be quiet. Can you imagine that? The son of God's walking by. This guy has a need, and the crowd's saying, I just, just, would you just be quiet? Don't interrupt what's going on. But Jesus, catch this, Jesus, in the midst of saving the world, has time to pay attention to a blind beggar. So what you and I are doing isn't more important than paying attention to somebody's need. Come on, amen? Don't get too busy with good things. Don't get so busy with good things that you're not able to hear a cry for help. And the interesting thing about that is there could be people sitting in this room right next to you that look like everything's perfectly fine, but in their way, they're crying out for help. We're made to do life in community. We're made to do it together. We need each other, right? Don't get so stinking busy that you don't hear that cry for help because God might want to use you in their situation. Amen? A few years ago... uh, this kind of, you know, something kind of happened that illustrated this to me. I was, I worked a lot of years for Target Corporation, uh, 17 years. And um, so I worked, uh, you know, in the stores. I worked as a district manager. I did a lot of things for them. And at the same time I was doing that, we also served in our church, right? I knew I had a call of God in my life. He asked me to, to, uh, to prepare for ministry. And so I did all the credentialing stuff and, and, and all the schooling and, and did all that. And, but I served in my local church while I was putting in 50-plus hours a week for a career, right? That's what you do if you feel called, by the way. I mean, somebody, come on, right? Just because you're working doesn't mean you don't, you don't serve. That's, that's what you do, and that's where you learn. So we were youth pastors for 12, 13 years there, and we served on the board and did all sorts of other things in the church as we were waiting for God to do what he wanted to do in our lives. He was preparing us is what he was doing, right? And so anyway, I leave Target one day, and I'm driving home, and I'm running a little bit late. We had a youth leaders meeting, so we had this important stuff. We were probably planning something for camp or a breakaway or something, right? And so anyway, I was a little bit late for this meeting, and I don't drive quite as fast as Pastor Jesse. Any of you ever seen him drive? When you were on the interstate and that thing went by you, like a blur, it could have been Pastor Jesse. So I don't drive quite that fast, but I'm still running late, and I, I don't, I'm not slowing down, right? And, and I just, I got to get home. I got this ministry thing to do, right? It's really important, whatever. And I drive by this hitchhiker. Dude is looking rough, really rough. And I drove by him, and what I need to tell you is a few months earlier, God told me, anytime you see a hitchhiker, I want you to pick him up and tell him about me. So I'm not advising you do that, okay, unless God tells you to do that and then do that, Right? So, so, but God had told me that, and he hadn't released me from that. I had done it several times. As a matter of fact, a few weeks earlier, I, I drove up by this guy early in the mornings. I'm heading to work, and I pulled up next to him. I said, hey, hop in. He kind of looks at me strange, and he jumps in, and we're driving down the road, and I said, man, Jesus just loves you. He goes, why'd you pick me up? I said, I, I don't know. I just want to tell you Jesus loves you. And he began to weep. He was running from God, and he goes, I don't have any idea why I got in with you. I was out for a jog. True story. True story. We drove like uh, 15 miles to where I was going to work. 15 miles. And I'm like, 
by the, by the time that all comes out, I go, what? He goes, yeah, man. And I'm like, you know God's trying to get a hold of you, right? Like he recommitted his life to Christ right then. It was crazy cool. And then, I, then it was weird. So I'm like, at, in the parking lot, I said, you want me to take you back? He goes, that's all right, I'll walk. What? It was just crazy. So anyway, this day I'm driving by and this, this guy's really rough. And I drive by him because I'm in, I'm in a hurry to go to a ministry meeting, right? That's more important, right? Right? Now I drive by and Jesus, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. And I'm like, that's not fair. You can't do that to me. So I turned my truck around. I had a little, little gray Nissan pickup, real small kind of front bench seat, you know, and I pull up next to this guy, roll my window down. I said, hey, you need a ride? He goes, no, I just like standing here with my thumb in the air. <laughs> Great. This is going to be awesome, right? <laughs> Jesus loves you, you know. I'm like, whatever, just get in, you know. So the dude gets in, and he goes, didn't you just drive by me? And I said, yeah. And he goes, yeah. He looks over at me and goes, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. And I mean, the hair on the back of my neck stood up. I'm like, what? He goes, that's right. And we drove for miles and didn't talk. Because I don't know what to say. I don't know what's going on here. This is crazy. And so we get to the point where I'm going to turn off and I say, hey, partner, here's my, here's my turn. Good luck with you, you know, on your trip. And, and Jesus loves you, you know. And he leans back in. He goes, hey, I'll see you at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And for any of you that know the end of the book, when we're together in heaven, there's this supper called the marriage supper of the lamb, right? And I don't know, if you'd have asked me at that moment, I'd have said that dude was an angel. I don't know, all right? I don't know, I don't know. But what it taught me was this, is that, that even though we're busy doing things that are good, we can't be too busy to listen to the Holy Spirit, right? We can't be too busy to listen to the Holy Spirit. Ministry is about people, all people, people like us, people different from us. God loves people. And I'll tell you this, here at Eternity Church, we do too. Come on, somebody get excited about that. We love people, right? You don't have to be all figured out. You don't have to have it fixed. You don't even have to agree with everything we believe with or, or agree with, right? But we've, we've got to be on this journey together because God will do the work inside, amen? God will do that. So back to this scripture, Luke 18, 37 says, they told him, they told blind Bartimaeus, that Jesus is passing by. So he calls out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those that led the way rebuked him, as we said, and, and told him to be quiet. But he shouted out all the more. See, Bartimaeus was sitting there by the roadside begging for money. And the dude thought, this is my chance. Something might change. See, I, I just imagine him like every day it was kind of the same thing, right? He, he, he gets up and... He stumbles his way to the roadside. And the reason he went to that road is because it was a road between Jericho and, and, and Jerusalem. And it, it was probably um, a busy road, right? So he's probably going to be by a busy road. You know, he's probably by that intersection where the light stays red longer. And maybe you have more chance to make some money. Maybe there's more people passing by. But he'd get up in the morning, I'm sure, and, and just the same routine. Walk to the same spot. Sit in the same spot. Listen to the same criticism. He'd hear people making fun of him, right? He'd sit out there when it's, when it's sunny and hot. He'd sit out there when it's raining, right? He's out there doing his thing day after day after day. And he's just got this can, right, probably. And, and, and people are dropping some money in it every now and then. Just enough to get by, right? And then he does it again tomorrow. And then he gets up and he does it again tomorrow. And then he gets up and he does it again tomorrow. 
Anybody been there where you get up and you do it again tomorrow? And you're like, maybe this is just my lot in life. Maybe this is just it. I don't know. I don't know why I was born that way. I don't know why I feel this way. I don't know why this is happening to me. But I get up every day and I just do my thing, right? But you don't really want to do your thing. You want something different. You know there's a better way, but, but you don't know how to do it. Well, this was, this was kind of that moment where he's like, maybe this is my chance, right? You, you get that, right? Where he's sitting there and he hears this crowd and he's like, man, what, what is that? And someone says, it's Jesus. He's like, man, maybe, maybe, maybe this is my chance. Maybe if I just say something Maybe, maybe if I cry out, maybe if I just try something different, maybe if I step out a little bit further than what I've done in the past, maybe if I say something, maybe if I just cry out, maybe if I get him to come close to me, right? Maybe. See, he was hungry for change. And how many of you, and, and I know I can relate, that sometimes in life it's just the stuff, right? You get in this routine, and he didn't mean it to happen that way, but it just happened that way. And here you are in the routine. But you know what we, we sometimes miss is Jesus is right there. Yeah. But what if he'd have kept quiet? We wouldn't be talking about him this morning, right? What if he'd have kept quiet? How many blind men do you think heard of this story and went, dang, he walked by me too. And I, I said something, but then they told me to be quiet and I was quiet. I didn't step in. I didn't push forward. I, I didn't, you know, and there's something about hunger. See, the scripture says this, that, that they that hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. Did you catch that? They that hunger, hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. So it's not enough just to say, I want, I want to be filled. I want something from God. I, I come every Sunday. I come Saturday. I, I, I read my Bible sometimes. But are you hungry? Are you thirsty for more of God, right? I'll tell you, sometimes we get more hungry for our hobbies. Now, come on. I'll just get real. You, you don't have to like me. He might not let me preach anymore, right? You get pastor back. He's way better than me. But let me just be real with you this morning. Sometimes we get more hungry about our hobbies than we do about our God. And what if we took that same hunger and said, no, I'm going to press in there. Right? I'm going to go after that. I'm going to go a little bit deeper. I'm going to do something different. There's a scripture in Psalms, right? David says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. He just pictured that. Man, that deer is so thirsty. And as it's thirsting for the water, it's looking for it. It gets there, and it's so refreshed. What if we did that with God? Are you hungry for God this morning? Are you hungry for a change in your life? Are you, are you hungry for that breakthrough? There's another one that says, if you search for me with all of your heart, you might find me. Yeah. Does it say that? What's it say? You will find me. If you search for me with all of your heart, you'll find me. I like promises from God because he's no respecter of persons. And you think about, you know, they might love this person more. No. Well, he doesn't know what I've done. Yes, he does. He knows what everybody's done. He's no respecter of persons. And he says, if you search for me with all of your heart, you'll find me. There's a really cool scripture in Luke 11. It says this, and Jesus, now Jesus is telling the story. So when Jesus is telling the story, man, it's like the real deal. He says, suppose you have a friend. This is Luke 11. Suppose you have a friend and you go to your friend's house at midnight and say, friend, could you give me three loaves of bread? A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, listen, don't bother me. The door's already locked. My children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything, man. We're tired. Leave me alone. 
Jesus says, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of your friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Okay, so get this. Jesus himself is telling this story. So that means this is how Jesus thinks. This is how God thinks. This is how, this is how it works in the kingdom. That Jesus is saying, listen, you got this friend who, you got a friend who's got bread. He's got all you need, and, but it's kind of inconvenient. It's at night. It, they're in bed. And you go and knock on the door. Hey, man, leave me. That's late. Anybody have that friend that texts really late, like a late texter? Yeah. And you're like, listen, quit texting, right? Quit texting. But they're knocking on the door. And they're like, listen, I'm in bed. I'm sleeping. Leave me alone. But they, they, they don't go away. And they keep knocking. And they keep knocking. And you're like, dude, leave. Who's going to eat bread at midnight anyway, right? Like, leave. Come back in the morning. No, Jesus is telling us they kept knocking. They kept knocking. And finally, the friend gets up. And not because they're friends, but because of the persistence, because of the audacity, because of the hunger that was there, the friend gets up and gives them all they need. And that's Jesus saying, listen, I want you to be hungry for me. I want you to be hungry for what I can do in your life. I want you to want this, right? Isn't there a song, I want you to want me? Not about to sing that. But Jesus is saying, man, I want, I want you to be hungry, right? And, and, and there's all personalities in here, right? I've met all sorts of kinds of people. Some are so reserved. And man, we're, lifting your hand during worship is a stretch, right? Maybe even giving the pastor an amen is just like, I can't imagine everybody's going to look at me, right? So, so there's different levels of what this means to press in and become hungry. But I just challenge you this morning, do something out of your comfort zone. Do something. Do something past where you're comfortable, Right, Because I promise you, blind Bartimaeus was probably not all that comfortable sitting on the side of the road, crying out when people were telling him to shut up, but he got God's attention. You hearing me this morning? Spiritual hunger, spiritual hunger. When you want it that bad, you'll get out of your comfort zone. You'll press in. Are you hungry? Are you, are you audacious enough to take a risk? If you're not doing anything risky for God, you're probably not listening to him. Come on now. I'm serious. It's me too. I'll tell you, you know, a while back I had this situation that God just totally changed my way of thinking. I shared it with a man on Thursday mornings, and, and this is a shameless plug for men's ministries, heroes, on Thursday morning, 630. If you're not coming, you're missing out. Oh, really? That's all I get? Come on, man. Huh? It's a real deal, isn't it? It's awesome. And if you can't come because of work, we get it. But if you can come and you're not, you're missing out. God's doing awesome stuff. So, so a while back, I was, I'm sitting there at home. I'm, um, the, the Mindy and the kids were gone. And, and I had some time where I was just going to sit down and watch TV and just chill. And I felt like the Holy Spirit just said, I want you to pray. And so I got on my knees. That's what I do when I pray and talk to him. And if, if I can, if I'm not driving, right? And got on my knees. And I'm, I'm talking to him and just praying and listening. And I felt like God said, I want you to go down the street around the corner. And I want you to tell that guy that I love him. I don't know him. I, that's weird. Like really, like risk, risk taking. To me, that was a risk, right? Some of you might be like, ah, it's no big deal. No, listen, go do it, right? Like seriously, like walk down to a neighbor's house that you don't know, knock on the door and say, Jesus loves you. That's weird, Right? It's, but I knew it was God. So I'm like, okay, geez, man, this is crazy. So it's like dark out, it's summertime, and I'm like, oh, God. I mean, I just pray he's not home. 
seriously, I mean, uh, yep, super spiritual here, right? But I was obedient. All I was concerned about is that I'm listening to God, right? How it turns out is his problem. But I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be made, you know, I didn't want to be embarrassed. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to look like a fool. So anyway, I, I get my shoes on, I'm walking down there, and the whole time I'm like, man, just, ah, jeez, man, is this, ah, come on, you know, Lord. And you know, I don't know about your experience, but mine is this, is that when God tells me to do something, he, we stop right there until I do it. Some of you, God's told you to do something, and you've been there for weeks, years, maybe longer. God's not in a hurry. Ask the Israelites in the desert for 40 years. He said, let's do it this way, and they wanted to do it their way. And God said, I, I, I'll, win, I'll win the staring contest, right? I, I mean, I, we just got to do it my way. That's how it works best. I love you, and I know what's best for you, and we got to do it my way. And when you figure that out, then we'll move forward. Moses, how many years on the backside of the desert? 40 years in preparation to do what God needed to do. So I'll just tell you this. This is for people in here. This is for somebody specifically, actually. God asked you to do something, and you haven't done it yet. And his calling is without repentance. Okay? So if God called you to do something, even though it was years ago, and maybe you're saying, man, I messed up, he, he knows. That isn't going to disqualify you. He will get you back on track. You'll, you'll do your thing. But you have to just go. And you might say, man, I haven't heard God. God's not speaking to me. I don't feel his presence. Well, guess what? Go to the last place you were with him. And what he said to you, and I promise you, he will go, hey, I'm glad you're back. Guess what? Yep. I ran from God as a young man. It was a prodigal because I ran from a calling of God. And when I came back to God several years later, June 9th, 1996 to be exact, God said to me that day, what I called you to do then, when you were 12 years old, I called you to do now. So are you ready now? Are you ready now? Are you going to do it? Okay, so back to this story. So God said, I want you to go down here, walk around the corner, knock on this guy's door and tell him that I love him. And when I get close to the house, and I'm, I'm praying, of course, he's not home. And he was home. Lights are on in the house. Windows are open. Summertime. And dude's on the phone. And I'm like, oh, gosh, he's on the phone. <laughs> maybe, maybe I come back later, right? Maybe I just, and you know, how many of you know if you would have left and you wouldn't have come back later, right? This was a God thing right now. Do this. And so I walk up to the door, and it's that metal screen door that's super loud when you knock on it, right? Like, dang. Like, I can't just do a little knock and, like, I did it, Jesus, and now I'm going to run, right? And so it's got the, the, the metal door, a little porch, and then the main door, and the dude's right there in the kitchen. And he's, his back's to me, and he's on the phone. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, my heart's beating like this, right? Like, I don't even know what to say. When I tell him Jesus loves him, now what? Like, you know what, I mean? what do I say, right? I don't know. God, I'm going to be a fool for you. So I knock on the door. Dude turns around. Eyeballs get big. My eyeballs get big. And now we're looking at each other. And he goes, he's at the door. And hangs up. And I'm like, uh, what is going on? Right? So he invites me in. I'm standing there in his, in his, in his house now. I've never been in this guy's house. I don't know him. And, uh, and, and he goes, what are you doing here, you know? And I said, well, this is going to sound crazy. But I was at home. I live up around the corner. And he goes, yeah, I, I know who you are. And I'm like, okay. Um, I was at home. I was praying. And I felt like God told me to come to your house and tell you that he loves you. And I'm like, I know that sounds crazy. He goes, um, I was just talking to Robin, this gal, and telling her all the things that are going on in my life. My life is an absolute mess, man. 
And she told me, you need to talk to Rob. She goes, when she said your name, you knocked on the door. I mean, come on. And we both, man, we were like, whoa. I said, hey, listen, I don't know how well you know God. I don't know. I said, the statistical odds of that happening, of her call. I said, I'm t- I, don't, I didn't know that. He goes, I know. And he's like starting to cry. And I'm like, dude, God loves you so much. I mean, so much that he would orchestrate Rob and this gal, like you guys connecting, her knowing me, God tells me not to watch TV to go pray. God tells me to walk down here and knock on your door. And then God times it, even though I was arguing with him. God times it to be the minute she says my name, I'm at your door and I knock that very second. I said, dude, this is crazy. He ends up giving his life to Jesus right then. Right then. Just got saved. But here's the thing. If you're not willing to take a risk, you don't get the end of the story. Come on, how many times have you missed the opportunity? I know I have. I know I have. I know there's been times where God's prompted me to do something, and after stuff like that happening in my life, I'm less inclined to do that, right? Because now I'm excited. Like, God, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I don't care anymore, right? I'm willing to take the risk. You know, and, and serving God, if you're not taking risks, you're probably not hearing from him, right? Several years ago, I told you I worked for Target for a bunch of years, you know, and God had called me to ministry and all this stuff. And so for me, leaving a corporate role as a district manager at Target to go in ministry is probably not a great idea financially, right? Come on. I mean, the church is super awesome and good to us and all that, but that's not like in the world's eyes, that's not the best decision you could make, right? But here's the thing. What are you living for? What is, what, what, what's it all about, right? There's some of you in here, I told you we're planting campuses, I, I know this. God has spoke this to my heart. There are some of you that are called to help plant campuses for us, to be site pastors, okay? And you feel a call of God in your life. You feel that. But you're contemplating what that cost is. You're thinking about, does that make sense? I'll tell you right now, it makes no sense. It doesn't make sense other than in God's, in God's economy. The funny thing is God will take care of all of it, but you won't see that up front. You'll have to take a step of faith take a risk you may have to move to a community you've never heard of get a part-time job while you're starting a church right and go why did I do this why well you did it because this guy named Jesus left heaven came to earth put his arms out and said listen kill me in their place that's why you do it right yeah the old saying right is is what you're living for worth Christ dying for is it? Ask yourself, are you hungry? Are you that hungry? What would happen? We know what happened when 12 guys, 11, got serious about it and gave their life to him. They changed the world. We have, I don't know, a couple thousand people. What would happen if just half of us got really serious about it? If a thousand said, I'm a reckless abandoned man, I'm going to be like this blind Bartimaeus on the side of the road. If Jesus is near, I'm going after it, right? I tell you, I promise you right now, if Jesus came through that back door right there, I would run. I wouldn't want to hurt Jenna. I would try not to run her over. But I would run over top of those chairs and anybody in my way to get to Jesus. Right? Why? Because it's Jesus. I mean, what has he done in your life? What has he done? Oh, man, that reunion we're going to have is going to be amazing. And I've heard, I've heard pastors say several times, if you take care of God's house, he'll take care of your house. Trust him with your career. 
Trust him with your finances. Trust him, right? Trust him with your time. Yeah, you go into ministry for money, don't you? For a title, right? No, you do stuff. Well, and here's the thing. A lot of people think, well, you guys are in ministry. No, no, you guys are in ministry, right? We are all in ministry. There are people that you're going to reach that we could never reach. We can't. We can't all do that. We're just called to, to these specific roles. But guess what? You're all called to ministry, right? So what are you doing to take a risk? What are you doing to take a risk? Back to the blind man in Luke 18, 37. They told him that this Jesus of Nazareth is passing by, right? And we said he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way they rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more. And get this, in verse 38, the Greek translation for cried out is an ordinary loud cry. But the next verse, the translation for cried out, is an instinctive cry of ungovernable emotion, a scream, an almost animal cry. You see the difference there? So here you got it. Okay, I'm going to be blind Bartimaeus. I'm on the side of the road. I'm doing my thing. It's just what I do day after day after day after day after day. I'm just here. What? Wait a minute. What's that noise? What is that crowd? What, what is that? That's, what is that? And they say, man, it's this Jesus. And he's like, is that the same, the same Jesus that healed other blind eyes? I mean, you know what I mean? At this time in the ministry, all this stuff had happened. Is this the same Jesus that, that, that his friend Lazarus came out of the tomb? Is that the same Jesus? Is this the same guy that when they were walking through that crowd, I heard that this one lady who had an issue of blood, that, that she just grabbed the hem of his garment and she was instantly healed? And he's like, are you kidding me? That's the same Jesus? And they're like, yeah, it's Jesus. And, and, and his first cry, you know, is like, Jesus, son of David, hey, over here. And they're like, dude, shut up. These are the religious people around him. What, what's that all about, right? Sometimes we just miss it. We get so busy with the stuff that we forget about the one that needs it, right? And he's like, he's contemplating, like, what, what am I going to do? I can just imagine. I mean, I would. How many of you, if you, know, if you felt Jesus was up here, how many of you would, would just yell out as loud as you could? And, and maybe somebody around you says, dude, would you just chill out? Maybe in worship, you're really extravagant in your worship, and, and you're like, man, I hope people don't think I'm too extravagant. Really? For Jesus? Come on now. What are you afraid of? Would you then press in and say, well, just, I don't even care what you think. I heard Jesus can heal my situation, so I don't care what you think. You can't heal my situation. And I'm, if I say nothing, I'm going to end the same. If he doesn't come over, nothing's going to change. But there's a chance that if he, gets, if, he, if he gets close to me, there's a chance that things are going to change. Right? And so he's sitting there, and he's like, no. And he goes, Jesus! And he's like, I don't care anymore, right? Like, there's nothing else left in him. He didn't leave anything on the bench. He, t he left it all on the field, right? Every bit of it. And what happens? Jesus never hears him, and that's the end of the story. No. Jesus hears him because he cried out with everything. He was hungry. It wasn't a volume thing either. Now, he did cry out. It was an extremely loud voice. But, but Jesus, Jesus was drawn to hunger. Huh? Come on. Jesus is drawn to hunger. And, and Jesus goes, what, what, hold up. 
hold it, what was that? What, what was that? Because there's all this crowd around him, all this noise. What was that? And they go, it's, it's nothing, Jesus. It's just that blind Bartimaeus. We've walked by him before. He's, he's kind of obnoxious. And, and he, he just, he's just doing his thing. Don't, don't worry, it's, it's, just, it's just Joe. Joe's an alcoholic. He's, he's got clean a couple times. And I don't know, I'm gonna use a few names here, and I don't know that that's you, okay? So I'm not picking on anybody. But I can just imagine these guys saying this kind of thing, right? This is how the enemy speaks too. That's just Joey, the alcoholic. You know, he's, he's got clean a couple times and he always falls back into it. And just don't waste your time on that. We're heading to Jerusalem to do some pretty cool things. So let's just stay on track. Let's don't get distracted by all this noise and all this, really all this sin. Like, I don't know, right? But that's not Jesus' pattern. Remember the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman? All the disciples are hungry. And they're, all they're worried about is filling their stomach. So Jesus stops, spends time with her. They go to town to get food. When they come back, they offer him food. And they said, Jesus, aren't you hungry? And he goes, man, I got food you don't know about. I want that kind of food. Amen? He says stuff like, you drink this water, you won't ever thirst again. That's hunger being satisfied. And that's our Jesus. So, so they're, they're like, no, don't worry about it. That's just Tom, and he just struggles with porn. The guy just, I mean, he, he's, don't worry about that. That's just, that's just Jill. She has an eating disorder. I mean, she just, that's just her thing. And don't really, it's not that big a deal. It's not as big a deal as what we're going to do. So don't worry about that. that that's just Bill. He's fighting depression. You know, that's no, no big deal. You know, uh, he's just got this anxiety because of stuff. And I don't know. I mean, he's going to take, it's going to take a lot more time than Jesus for you to walk over there. And then we're going to be late to the whole, you know, crucifixion. Right? And we really not, need, need to get to that. Yeah, don't worry about that. You know, it's nothing, Lord. It's just him and Becky whose marriage is falling apart, right? It's just Phil who found out that his child has cancer. No, don't worry about that. But that's not our Jesus, gang. I don't care if somebody let you down. I don't care if somebody overlooked you. I don't care if somebody minimized your issue. Jesus never will. Come on. Jesus never, ever will. Jesus hears the hunger in this guy's voice. And Jesus says, bring him to me. Luke 18, 40 says, Jesus stopped. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, okay, that's fine. You want to see? Well, I want you to fast for 24 days. I want you to pray every day and read your Bible. I want you to go witness to 12 people. And then I want you to, like, you know, really want it. Did that, did that happen? He got Jesus' attention. Jesus said, man, what do you want? And I feel like he's asking us that this weekend. What do you really, honestly, I mean this, what do you want? Jesus doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He doesn't change. And Jesus is in our midst, and he says, what do you want? What do you want? I want to see. And the guy received his sight. The guy receives his sight, right? And he follows Jesus, praising God. And all the people that saw it also praise God. What's really funny to me is the people that told him to be quiet, now they're praising God for what he did. God will use your situation when he does what he does in you and changes that and heals that and does that. Other people that were even doubters before will praise God for what he's going to do in your life. Amen? Oh, Jesus. What do you need from Jesus today? What do you need? Do you need a healing? I'm here to tell you he still heals. 
If you believe that, give me an amen. Come on. Come on. I know, I know we're getting there. I got one minute on the clock and we're gonna, we're gonna get there. We're gonna land the plane. Do you need some sort of breakthrough? Do you need to get free from an addiction? Do you need a miracle in your marriage? And you say, man, you don't know my husband. You don't know my wife. No, but Jesus does. And he loves them. And he saved you and he can fix them. Amen? You love them. Are you being held down from anxiety and depression? Have you had suicidal thoughts? Do you have financial need that's bigger than anything you can handle? Well, I'm here to tell you that Jesus is walking by and he's drawn to hungry people. And you might say, you know what, Pastor? I, I, I don't have the energy. Quite frankly, I'm just at the end of my rope. I can't do it anymore. I can't hang on. I can't cry out. Listen, I, I hear what you're saying, but the spiritual hunger, man, I don't even have it in me. That's fine. We, we will cry out for you. Anybody with me this morning? We'll cry out for him, won't we? Yeah, yeah. Listen, that lame man that was on the bed, they heard that Jesus was healing him. His buddies took him, cut a hole in the roof, and dropped him down. We'll take you to Jesus. We'll, we'll get you there. We'll drag you there if we need to, right? We're not going to let you do this alone. And that's why you need church, by the way. That's why you need to be here around people. Be vulnerable with them. You're not too old. You're not too young, you're not too bad, you're not too good, you're not too rich, you're not too broke to cry out to God to see your breakthrough. And he's not done with you yet. You're not, it's not time to go out to pasture. Maybe you say, man, I've served him and I've seen stuff or there's so much, you know, I've prayed for a healing and all this kind of stuff. Maybe you say that's it. But it's not time to go out to pasture yet, it's not time. Yeah, I remember years ago I had an old horse, Dude was his name, 20, that's a good name for a horse, right? Dude. Dude was 25 years old. And I, I had the vet out one day, and I said, man, dude still wants to run. Like, I get on him, and I go out, and he wants to take off. I'm like, he's 25, right? And then he gets sore. And, and he's like, I said, when should I not take him out? When should I not let him run anymore? And he goes, Rob, the minute you don't let him do that and put him out to pasture, he'll go downhill. You'll lose him. And I thought, man, that's just like us. How many of us, spiritually, we come on Saturday, we come on Sunday, we do our thing, but we're really, we're kind of out to pasture spiritually. We think about the good old days. We think about when that happened. We think maybe that's for somebody else. But I'm here to tell you that God wants to do it in you fresh. Right? God wants to do it in you fresh. If you could stand up with me. If Jesus is saying to us this morning, what? What do you want? What do you want to see? What do you want to see? What do you want me to do? What would you say? And I'm not going to ask you in response here today to, to bow your head and close your eyes. We're going to take a little cue from the, the blind man, Bartimaeus. And we're going to demonstrate a little bit of boldness today. And I know it's a stretch for some. But I want to ask you today, if, if, you're, if you're blind Bartimaeus, and you've got something in your life where you say, God, I'm hungry for that. I don't even know what that means, right? I, how do you heal blind eyes? You don't have to understand how it works. Nobody, nobody knows. Jesus just does it, right? You don't have to analyze your entire situation, right? You don't have to figure that out, but you just need to know that Jesus can fix it. So if you're here this morning, you say, you know, I'm hungry for something. God, I need you to see me today. I want you to come over here in my situation and fix it in me. I want you to lift up your hand. 
I want you to lift your hand up and say, God, here I am, right here, right here. See me. As you walk by, God, see my situation. I'm not going to ask you what it is. We're not going to assume anything. You know, we all probably, honestly, if we're really real, have something where we say, God, I need you in that situation, right? I need you to fix that. I need you to fix me. I need you to heal that. I need you to break through that. And as virtually every hand is, is up in this room, we're going to pray that God would come. Lord, I ask that you would come into these situations. And if you want to cry out to God today, cry out to him. If you want to say, hey, Jesus, here am I, cry out to him this morning. Tell him, listen, over here, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. God, build a hunger in us. Build a hunger in us, God, to pursue you. And God, you see every situation here. And God, I pray for miracles to happen. God, I pray for breakthroughs to happen. God, as you see our spiritual hunger begin to rise, God, that you would show up in the midst and say in these situations, what do you want me to do? And God, that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, if you're here, there's one more, one more thing we need to take care of. If you're in this room and you've never given your life to Jesus and you say, man, if I died today, I don't know where I'd go. Honestly, man, I'm not, I don't know. Um, and we are going to do this with some privacy because that's just, that's just the right thing to do with that. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes, and, and I'm going to count to three. And if you're here and you say, man, I've never given my life to Jesus, or like me, I, I ran from God and I'm far away from him and I need to recommit my life to God. When I count to three, I want you to lift your hand. Just slip it up quick and you can put it back down. And I want to pray for you and then really celebrate the fact that God is going to do a work in your life. So if you need to give your life to Jesus, now's the time. One, two, three. There's one. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Two. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Three. Anybody else? Anybody else need to give their life to Jesus? Four. Anyone else? Okay, you can open your eyes. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to text SAVE to 25827 going to send you a gift and we just want to partner with you we're not going to call you out but i'll tell you what all of heaven is rejoicing over that right and we're going to pray that prayer together you know and maybe in your heart you decided that but the word says confess in your mouth and believe in your heart right so we're going to pray the sinner's prayer as, a, as an entire congregation and just worship jesus for what he's done amen amen pray with me dear jesus thank you for forgiving me thank you for dying on the cross help me serve you all the days of my life. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, be sure to check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, please visit MyEternity.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at MyEternityChurch. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.